Let me scoot back a little bit. Um, I've known Steve for a long time since college, and uh, we've we've uh, we go pretty far back. We uh, actually right now we meet a couple times a month for accountability. So if you have any questions or want to know his deepest darkest sins, just talk to me afterwards. I'll be glad to share those with you. I'm just kidding. You guys all know that Steve doesn't sin, so just kidding. Um, anyways, my name is Jamie Brewer. Um, my wife Jennifer and I have three wonderful children. Um, Bella is six. And uh, Emery is five, and Grady is just about two. And no, we don't have an infatuation with Atlanta hospitals. It just kind of worked out that way. We have Emery and Grady. Didn't even realize it until about three months after we had named Grady. And uh, somebody came up and said, huh, I guess you have to name the next one Kennestone, right? And I was like, what, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, Emery, Grady, Kennestone, awesome. I uh, guess you can't win them all, so <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm at, uh, Jennifer and I are at Stonebridge, uh, one of the network churches. It's part of the network that uh, Vintage is part of, Riverstone is part of, and the new Awakening Church is part of. Um, I've been in a program for the last year with the pastor there, David Eldridge. Um, he calls it Deep Roots. It's a, it's a program for people who feel called to plant a church, feel like God's moving them in that direction, and we're coming up to the end of that program in May, and uh, excited to see what God's going to do next. We're hoping that we're going to get released into that, but we're, we're still waiting on some things to come back, so you guys can pray for us in that. Uh, we're excited uh, for what might be. Um, if you would, open up your Bibles to Ma- uh, Mar- Matthew five fourteen. should be on the screens. I'm hoping that all worked out. Um, but if you, if you would, read along with me. Uh, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So anybody grow up in Atlanta, grow up kind of as kids in the metro Atlanta area? I'm sure some of us did. Anybody remember going to the laser show as a kid over at Stone Mountain? That was, that was really cool. I mean, it was wild how they actually made the horses walk off the mountain. I never understood how they did that. But my, my real favorite part about that was the glow necklaces. I don't know about you guys, the glow sticks, the glow necklaces. All the cousins and friends would get together and we'd be swinging them around, making shapes. And just it was just so cool to watch the light trail in the darkness. That was just a really cool thing that I really enjoyed. And, and one particular time, I was in elementary school, I don't know, I'm guessing around seven or so, um, I got one and we were going home and I'm just begging, please, can I sleep with it? Please, please, can I keep it? I don't want to get, I don't want to put it down. I want to keep it. I want to keep it. Mom's like, okay, sure. And now on this side, I realize she was just exhausted, just wanted me to be quiet. But she said, yeah, sure. I was like, awesome. So I also had this other tendency as a kid that um, I tended to chew on things. I don't know if I was part dog or what, but I would chew up Legos. I'd chew up G.I. Joe guys. I'd always crunch in ice. I don't, I don't understand. I've grown out of this, so you guys can... You know, be, be, I'm not going to chew in a microphone up or anything like that. I've kind of grown out of this. Um, but you might be putting two and two together. I'm sleeping with a glow necklace and I have a tendency to chew plastic things. Yes, I did chew the end of the plastic thing. And I learned something. I learned a few things that night. That the reason that the sticks glow, the necklaces glow, is because there's a liquid inside. And that liquid is what glows. And if you take that liquid and you get it on something else, whatever you got it on is going to glow too. And if you've got the lights off in your room and you stand up on your bed and you do like this with it, you're going to see light splattering all over your room, your walls, your pajamas, your sheets, everything. It's awesome. You should, don't try it, but it, it was awesome up until the point you start hearing your parents' footsteps coming towards the door and you're like, oh no, how am I going to explain this? I wish I could hide this and put it under a basket or something. There's no way I can hide this. It's, it's out there. What am I going to do? So 
fun stuff, so don't try that at home. But here in the scripture, we see Jesus uh, tell us who we are. He says, you are the light of the world. He doesn't say, why don't you go read up on light and uh, do some research, find out how light works, maybe read the top five ways to increase your radiance, do some Google research. He doesn't say that. He says, you are. He's given you your identity. And Jesus can do that because he created you. He knows how he created it. He knows why he created you. Just like he created the moon to reflect the sun, he created us to reflect him. Same thing, same way. And so he has that that power and authority to do that. And when he was here on earth, he constantly was doing that, taking people's perspectives and twisting them, and and not twisting them, but changing them, redirecting them towards the truth. Um, Here on earth, we look at things. If something's going wrong on our inside, we look to fix it by fixing the outside. Um, You know, you don't feel happy, so you just need to buy something new. You need to go buy a new phone. You need need some new shoes. That'll make you happy. I don't feel... I don't feel pretty, not necessarily me, but um, I always feel pretty. Uh, I don't feel pretty, so I need a new hairdo. I need, I need some new shoes. I need some this. I don't feel cool. I don't feel like I've got a lot of good friends. Oh, I need to get a new phone that's a computer, but it's a phone, it's a computer. Uh, I need to go get something new on the outside to fix my inside. But Jesus, the kingdom of God is totally opposite. Jesus fixes our inside, and that works its way to the outside. He fixes our heart, and it works its way out. Um, he does, he, we bring our junk the places that we don't feel good, the places that we're not, um, we don't feel are lining up with Scripture. We bring those to God, and He changes those, and then eventually our outside matches our inside. That's we have patience and grace with each other in the process. Um, but you know, some of you might say, "That's great. God calls me a light. That's awesome. I don't feel like a light. I don't see my life being like a light." But patience, and the other thing is that there might be. Let's think about it for a second. Who or what might want your light to be contained? Who or what might not want your light to be spread to others? Who might not want you to live out the fullness of your identity? Satan. Um, we, we do have a real enemy who is trying to steal. Uh, John 10.10 10 tells us that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. His native tongue is lies. That's the way he speaks. That's what he does. And so this very real spiritual enemy is trying to steal that light from us. Um, so what do we do about that? Well, 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 4 through 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5 tells us, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So with this scripture, with this truth, we're given authority over our feelings and our, our thoughts that, that come at us. We're given the authority to take those thoughts, to take those feelings and bring them captive to the authority of Christ, to bring them and hold them to the truth. Um, and if we don't do that, then we just let our, uh, our imaginations run wild and we end up getting tricked, we end up getting deceived. Um, this is a spiritual battle and we need spiritual tools like Scripture, like this specific one here. Um, one of the battles that uh, I'm talking about here, the spiritual battles, is the, is the, the battle between truth versus lies. Um, whenever we're in a situation where, you know, a lot of times we're trying to figure out what to do or we're trying to figure out what's going on, it's like, all right, all right, all right, just tell me the facts. You know, my kids come to me, she hit me. Oh, okay, 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 stop. What happened? Who started? What, you just want to know the facts. Just tell me exactly what happened. Just tell me the facts. But we can get so focused on the facts that we might actually miss the truth. I don't know if you know this, but facts don't always point to the truth. Facts and the truth don't always line up. It's easier to, just, it's easier to uh, express that and, and illustrate that when it's political election season. I think uh, it's easy to, to discern, discern that then. But I've got another little story I'm going to share with you guys. Um, it's going to make me sound awesome. Uh, last weekend, I screamed at a five-year-old little girl. 
in front of a bunch of people. That's a fact. It really happened. Sounds awesome, right? Now you're going like, yeah, why are you preaching? Um, but uh, that's a true fact. That really happened. And in that, you pull it out of context, makes me sound like a terrible man. Which, you know, I'll give you the context and then you can make your decision later. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to fill in the rest of the story. We were, uh, it was last, last, not this Friday, but the Friday before. We were over in Hiram. I don't know if anybody goes to Hiram and there's a new restaurant there, Huey Louie's. It's always packed. It's, rest, it's Mexican. It's actually pretty good if anybody ends up on that side of town. Um, but we, you know, it's always packed. And we had gotten there a little early, so we actually got in. And the parking lot's always full. And uh, so we finished up our food. And uh, the five-year-old that I, girl that I yelled at was my daughter, Emery, and I love her very much. Well, we, I was holding Grady's hand, walking with him. He's a little 22-month-old, so he's not the fastest, but he won't let you carry him, and you don't really want to because he's about 40 pounds. He's huge. Um, and, and I'm getting the candy, so Emery's right next to me. She wants to get the candy, too, so I'm getting the peppermints. Like, you have to get peppermint after you go to Mexican. I think it's in the rule book. Uh, towards the end, it's on the, I think if you read the, bottom, the fine print at the bottom of your, uh, your receipt, it tells you there. But, um... Jennifer and Bella had just gone on. So they're, you know, we're coming outside. I've got uh, two of the kids. Jennifer and Bella are about 35 feet ahead of us in the parking lot, like on the other side. And Emery realizes, wait, the girls are up there and the boys are back here. I don't want to be with the boys. I want to be with the girls. So she takes off running through the parking lot. And from my perspective, what I see is I see her running this way, about this tall. Cars are this tall. So she's running this way and there's a car coming this way. She doesn't see the car. The car can't see her. So I scream, Emery, stop! And, and whenever I screamed, it kind of had a mean tone to it, not because I meant to. It was just it did. So everybody goes, and I'm like the center of attention, going. Uh. But but the reason I did that was because I care about her. I love her. And I wanted to keep her safe, and so it was worth risking people thinking like he's a terrible father because I wanted to save my daughter. So now that you see the rest of the context, the fact doesn't really line up with the truth that we came to earlier, that I'm a bad man, which, you know, that you might still think that. But that's not the same thing. This story doesn't point to me being, my character being bad. My character was good. I cared for my daughter. I loved her, and I was willing to do whatever it took to save her. You know, our lives can be like that. We have instances in our life when we, we look at the facts, we're like, okay, why didn't I get that job? God, you know I need a job. Why didn't he or she call me back? You, you know I like them. Why did, why did this bad thing happen to me? And if we look at our facts first and try to determine our truth from just the facts that can be changed and twisted, we're liable to end up with a, 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 a twisted picture of God. Instead of, you know, when we see this, okay, I didn't get the job, I needed it. So maybe God doesn't love me. I just, they didn't call back. I want to. Maybe God's not sovereign. You know, you start questioning God instead of questioning your circumstances. You know, if you hold the truth first and make the circumstances and facts subject to the truth, you end up with a totally different situation. Okay, I know for a fact that God loves me. It says it in his word. His word is truth. God cannot lie. It says that um, he sent his son for, to save me. He made a major sacrifice for me. It says he is sovereign. He created this world and, and holds it all together in Christ. Um, this, this word tells me that he will provide for me. God will provide. He promises in here to provide for me. The, the birds don't worry. You don't have to worry either. I'm going to give you food. I'm going to give you clothes. He promises that. It tells me in Romans 8.28 that he causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called to his purposes. That's me. So if I hold that truth and the circumstance, look at it, well, I didn't get the job, I'll begin to doubt the circumstances instead of God. I doubt the circumstances. Maybe that wasn't the best job. It seemed like it to me, but maybe there was something else going on there. Maybe God has something else that he's still working in me that I don't know about, that I'm not taking into consideration. So if we hold the truth to be the truth that doesn't change and we, call, and we make our 
circumstances subject to the truth, that's how our minds are transformed. And that's, that's what we hear in Romans 12 too. It tells us that do not be conformed to this world. Do not put your facts and what happens in this world first. Don't let your mind go to that. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but, by the transform, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, moving your mind to the truth, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. You're going to see what's good, acceptable, and perfect if you keep your mind on the truth instead of on this world. Another, another example, has anybody ever flown at night, flown over a city? You know, you look out the window, what do you see? You see lights everywhere. It's cool. Why, you know, why are all those lights there? Because people are living there. There's life. There's life in that city, so you see the light. The light reflects the life that's in that city. Is there any reason that you could think of that that city would want to hide that light? The only thing I can think of is out of fear. If they were afraid of being attacked, if they were afraid of something that the, the, the village next to them might want to do to them, or something like that, they were afraid of something, that's the only reason I could think that they would want to hide their light. And I think the second battle that we, we deal with is the fear of man versus the fear of God. And we end up in the same type of situation. We, we look at our circumstances, we look at the people around us, and we get more scared of how they're going to react than how it's going to be before God. I don't know, how, you know, we, I don't know why we always go towards the temporal instead of the eternal. Probably one of the, those things out of sight, out of mind. You don't see the eternal. You don't see this. You see the person giving you that funny look. You see that. You know, that's immediate. That's in your face. So we tend to focus on and end up in the places that we look at. You know, we look at this person, so we end up thinking about this and we go on that path. Um, your, your, your identity becomes in what they think. Your acceptance is how they accept you. Your worth is what they say. Um, these temporal people, instead of what God has said for eternity, instead of his truth. Um, Andy Stanley put it, in a book called Principle of the Path this way. He said, direction, not intention, determines our destination. Our direction is influenced by our attention. So direction, not intention, determines our destination. And everybody said, duh. (laughs) We've we've followed them out. We kind of get that. That's not earth-shattering. But when you're talking about travels, we get it. You know, if if I told you, all right, I'm going to go home. We've been planning a trip to Florida. I've got all my bags packed. I've I've made reservations. I've got every intention in the world to end up in Florida. This is going to be great. I've ta- called people. We've got it all scheduled out. We've got it all. I intend to end up in Florida. But then I print up my uh, Google map, and it's, and it's uh, direction to New York. It says, go north on 75. Okay, if I go north on 75, I'm not going to end up in Florida. That's not earth-shattering. But when we talk about our spiritual lives, the things that grab our attention, what are we looking at? That, does, that doesn't translate sometimes in our life. Philippians 4 8 through 9 tells us, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So what's that telling us to focus on? Focusing on the... You know, that, that calls us into account. What are, we, what are we focusing on? Are we focusing on things that are true? Are we focusing on this? Are we looking and talking about this? It's true and honorable and just and pure? Or are we looking at stuff and in people that people, we might be embarrassed if somebody else found out about? You know, what, where are our eyes? Our eyes are on the front of our head. We go towards where we're looking. That's, you know, it's, that's where you're going. It's the same thing in our spiritual walks. What are we looking at? Are we looking at truth? Are we looking at people? Are we looking at um, 
things that are excellent and worthy of praise? Or are we looking at things that are temporary and, and fun for a moment, but we would probably be embarrassed if somebody else knew about it? So to kind of recap, Jesus calls us the light of the world. He doesn't tell us to, act, to learn how to do it. He tells us we are that. Um, we have an enemy who's trying to steal that light. We have a couple of battles that we've talked about. Um, facts versus truth, truth versus lies, and the fear of man versus the fear of God. So now, in light of those things, why did Jesus endure what he endured to make us the light of the world? Why did he go through what he went through? Um, Jesus put aside, um, put aside heaven, put aside reigning in heaven to come down here, to be born as a baby, so that he could grow up and he could be betrayed by his friends, he could be falsely accused, he could be spit at, he could be... Uh, hit, beaten, whipped. He could have have to carry a cross up a hill, and he could be crucified. That he could, he would actually become sin. All of our sin was nailed to the cross with him. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Why would he go through all that pain, the separation, putting everything aside? Why would he go through all that? I think Steve talk, may have talked about this um, recently. Uh, it was for for the relationship. They look through the cross towards a relationship. Um, you know, he knew that he was going to be buried, and then he knew that in three days later he was going to rise again. And in that rising, we're going to celebrate that in a couple of weeks, um, Easter, and uh, in that he was going to be able to offer us a relationship for eternity with God. Um, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, puts it this way, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. It talks about Jesus enduring the cross for the joy set before him. He was in heaven before, so what joy was set before him? A relationship with us, relationship with me, relationship with you. But who else? A relationship with our neighbors, even the the neighbor that's always complaining about our grass. A relationship with the person that we work with, even the one that takes the last of the coffee and never makes another pot. You know, the, the people that we come in contact, even the one with all the tattoos and the piercings that we were like, oh, whatever, maybe cool, make me a little scared, nervous, whatever. Jesus didn't just come for the, the, the people that we know, just didn't, didn't just come for the people that we feel comfortable around, just the people that are lovely in our eyes or, or, or whatever. He came for the world, and he is allowing us to enter into that joy with him. He's calling us the light. He, we are his plan to spread that light. God saved you for a purpose. The only reason you ha- you've heard about salvation, the only reason you were able to accept Jesus' offers is because someone else got it, and they shared it with you. I don't know too many people who just spontaneously decided to follow Jesus and had never heard about him. I, I, you know, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying that's not the norm. You know because someone got it and decided to share with you, decided to risk being rejected with you. And so that's what I'm, 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 I'm saying. That's what I want to you know, encourage people into. I'm not saying try to earn your salvation because God saved you and now you've got to earn it. It's not the way it works. It's, uh, Ephesians 2.10 tells us that you know, God has, has you know, predestined us to be conformed to him and that he has um, prepared good works beforehand for us to do that we are to walk in. We just walk in it. Like we talked about before, the, the overflow. As our hearts are changed, the outside's changed. 
I'm just saying our outside should be changed. I'm not saying you change the outside to change the inside. That's different. That's what we were just talking about. That's the earth way, not the kingdom's way. So the, the, the good news is we have a relationship with him. We can. If we, if we decide, you know what, I am a sinner. I've, I've, been, around the, I've been around this block. I can't do it myself. Um, I want to accept. The, I want to exchange my life for Jesus' life. I want to become a follower of Christ. We can have a relationship with God. We can have a relationship with him. Um, in John 10:27, Jesus tells us his sheep know his voice. And the more time we spend with him, the more clearly we will understand that voice and hear that voice. Um, it's one of those things that you learn by doing, not by hearing. You know, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, you guys knew I had to do a, uh, some kind of sports analogy. So it's kind of like if you're, if you're going to watch videos of soccer, you're going to talk to all the experts in the field of soccer. You're going to listen to them. They're going to tell you exactly where to put your foot on the ball, to kick it as far as possible, teach you all these things uh, in the classroom, right? You know, you're going to read all these books. You're going to watch these YouTube videos showing you exactly how to do everything. But you're not going to get any better until you actually get on the field and do it. You're just going to have the knowledge of it, but you're not going to be any better at it until you do it. And that's, that's what we're talking about here. We're just, we have to get out and do it. Um, and as we do it, we will look more and more like our Father. 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us that, And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. That same image is the image of Christ. We're all being transformed into the image of Christ from one degree to another. We're not all at the same place. That's fine. It's not a, it's not a race. It's just we're all being transformed. God is doing this work in us. And as we enter in to our relationship with him, this is what's going to happen. This is the natural overflow. Um, John seven thirty seven says that out of our hearts will flow rivers of living water. We talked about earlier Matthew five fourteen says that we are the light of the world. All these things are that are all these things, images and pictures are something that starts inside and works its way outside naturally. That's what I'm saying. The more time we spend with God, this will naturally will happen. I'm not trying to earn something, not trying to work harder. Um, but you know, as we uh, live in this connection, Christ will overflow out of us. And as we are connected, he sends us. As this process of overflowing is happening, uh, happening, he sends us. He sends us into our neighborhood. He sends us into our workplace. He sends us into the clubs that we're a part of and the, the friends that we have and into our families. He sends us as that overflowing um, component of him. Um, John twenty twenty one. 21, um, Jesus says... Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. So he's sending us. God sent him here for us, and he sends us for our neighbors, for those around us. To do what? Well, John 13:34 tells us, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. You guys here at Vintage, you talk about the, the three dimensions, the upward, inward, and outward. The upward is our relationship with God and how we relate to him. The inward is those who are inside the family, That's people that are already, already Christians. That's how we interact with them. I think you guys have talked about that a lot, about being a family, about uh, accepting each other's messiness and having grace towards each other and loving each other even when, you know, it's not the funnest thing to do. But this other component is the outward. This is the outward, like letting that overflow, letting that what Jesus is doing in you out to those who are outside of the outside of the walls of church. We've got to take it outside. We can't just keep it in our little club. Here, let's share our light together. Let's share our light together. Um, you know, in, 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 in water, it talks about, you know, we'll have rivers of, of living water. Um, living water is water that flows 
dead water is water that's stagnant. Uh, if, if you are, a, a, if you want to say a cul-de-sac or you're a pond and all the water's coming in and it's not going out, that's how pond scum happens. <laughs> and that's what you get pond scum because the water's not moving. It's staying in one place. It's stagnating. And that's what I'm saying. Let's not, let's not keep it in like a club. Let's take it out. Let's, let's be who we are everywhere we go. Let's not, well, I'm going to be, you know, Christian Jamie here. And I'm going to be like, well, I'm work Jamie here. And well, over here, I'm, you know, I'm soccer Jamie or whatever you want to call it. You know, whatever. I'm not going to be different me's. I'm going to be me everywhere I go. And I'm going to let that light shine wherever I'm at. Um, we got to risk rejection in a lot of times. I mean, this is an adventure that God's calling us into. This is an adventurous light. We're, we're being invited into an epic story that has eternal implications here. This is, this is big. This is cool. This is fun. This is, we all want purpose in our life. Here's your purpose. Here you go. You know, live your life the way that God um, wants to live through you and, and don't hide it. You know, we've been sent to our neighbors. We've been sent to our coworkers. We've, we've talked about that. Like, we've been sent. God put you somewhere for a reason. You know, your job, you might think you're just there to, you know, have the kind of life that you want to have or to, to increase your, um, your status or whatever. That's not why you're there. God put you there because there's some other people there who don't know about him. And he wants him to know about him. He went through a lot of trouble to make you the light of the world for us to try to hide it under a basket. You know, and, and some of you might be like, that's great. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to get like a thousand people together and start this huge revival and all this kind of stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't think that's what God expects from everybody. That wouldn't be statistically possible. That's not what God's asking you to do. That's not what I'm pointing to. That's not what God's put on my heart to share with you guys. It's that most of the time God asks you to share the one talent that you have. It doesn't say you have to have 14 talents to get involved. You don't have to have all these grand things to get involved. It's just one thing. Everybody's got to... Everybody, you either have a name, like a reputation that can draw people, or you have money, maybe not a lot, but some. Uh, you have friends, you have um, possessions, you have something. Everybody's got something that they can use for the kingdom of God. And God's asking you to use that one, that one talent that you have and just go forward and use it. You don't have to wait till you have 15 talents. That's not the point. That's not the goal. Go and use the one and see what happens from there. Um, the mission is still to seek and save the lost. That's why Christ came. That's why he's working through us. It's to seek and save the lost. It's to make disciples of all nations. That includes this nation. That includes your community. That includes your neighborhood. That includes all the people that you're around. All nations. Not just the overseas nations, which we definitely want to be a part of that too, but all nations. Um, you know, As a network, this transformational network, we're, we're all about community transformation. I'm sure you guys have heard that a bunch, community transformation. Well, that's how it happens, one person at a time. Us living our life, us living the light of Christ in our neighborhoods is how our communities will be transformed. That's how it happens. It's not waiting till we can have this huge revival. That would be awesome, and I'm, I'm praying that that happens. But if we just be who we are around the people that God's put us around, then this community will be transformed. If we don't hide this light, it will be transformed. Um, God is speaking to the world through you and through your life. So what's he saying to the people around you? You know, what do people look at you and, and what do they, they know you're a Christian. What do they think God is while looking at you? You know, let's make sure that we're, we're presenting a true picture of God. We're presenting the truth. Um, everything that you have is for a purpose. Uh, my wife, Jennifer, was, has been reading this book. Um, it's by Lisa Turkhurst, I guess is her name. Um, something about saying yes to God, being a person who says yes to God. Um, but anyways, there's a story on it. Um, the lady, had, uh, Lisa, had just gotten this new CD. Uh, she loved it. She had the song on, on repeat. She loved it. She had just gotten it. She'd been wanting it. So she was so excited to have the CD. 
Well, she's at a prayer meeting. One of the ladies is sharing with her, and God just puts it on her heart to give that lady the CD because it spoke to her situation. She's like, I just got it. Come on. I really enjoy it. Do I really have to give it? Uh, and, and God's like, just give it to her. And she's like, okay, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to choose to be obedient instead of not. I'm going to err on the side of obedience instead of err on the side of safety. So she gives the, the lady the CD. The lady's like, uh, thanks, you know, awesome. You know, and uh, goes home and listens to it. Her husband listens to it. She calls Lisa the next day and says, you have no clue what that song, what that has done for our marriage. Uh, you know, it's exactly where we were. We're both just in awe. And I forgot to tell you the other day, but Sunday, the Sunday before this happened, I was down at church and I asked somebody to pray for me because of our situation. And they said, you know what? This may sound weird, but God's putting it on my heart to tell you that he is going to give you a song in your heart to minister to, through, to you through this time. So she's like, what? You know, like, you just answered God's prophecy. I don't know if you realize this or not, but you just did that. Isn't that awesome? And she's like, wow, all I did is give a CD. And that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. It doesn't have to be huge. It's just, if God puts a prompting in your heart, it's not against Scripture. It's not going to hurt somebody. If, it, if you have a prompting in your heart to hit somebody, it's probably not God. I'm just going to go ahead and take, you know, take the excuses away. You can't say, Jamie told me to. Sorry. But uh, if it's not going to hurt somebody, it's not against Scripture, do it. What do you have to lose? I mean, really? You lose five bucks? It was a $15 CD. What do you have to gain? Think of the testimony. It's in a book. You know, she shared it with who? Think of that testimony. If you start hearing testimonies from each other, like, guess what happened here? I did, all I did is I bought this person lunch. It was weird. I felt like God said, buy the person behind me coffee at Starbucks. And that person had been going through this and ended up talking to him. And look at what happened. All I did is buy his coffee. That's all I did. But God can do so much in those little places where we're willing to be obedient to the promptings in our hearts. And that's what I'm asking all of us to do. That's the challenge. That's the opportunity that we have this week. I want everybody to just to pray, God, m- make some testimonies in my life this week. Do, do that. Show me. Prompt me. You know, show me something that I can do. You know, is it you know, praying for somebody who's had a rough time? Is it buying somebody's groceries that just lost their job? Is it, you know, buying somebody's coffee just as a random act of kindness? Is it praying for somebody who's sick? sick that you might want to heal you know like is it what is it god i want to be i want to be your light i want to step into this that you're calling me into and uh just do it um like i said as long as it's not against scripture and as long as it's not going to hurt somebody just do it what do you have to lose and what do you have to gain you have the world to gain and very little to lose money comes and goes we all know that you know it's, it's here it's gone so don't let that stop you before you go into a meeting t- this week if you have a meeting with somebody, if you have like whatever your job is, just pray. All right, five minutes before. God, do you have something for this person that I'm about to meet with? I think it's about a closing. I think it's about, you know, a designing this, that, or the other. That's what I think it's about. But what do you think it's about? You, do you have a divine appointment in this for me? Do you have something that you want to do in this? Just pray and be willing to step out and risk looking a little silly. You know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. We get so f- afraid of what people are going to think of us, but it's not that big of a deal. The creator of the universe says you're awesome. <laughs> let that let that empower you. Let that empower you. So let's do that. You know, I read earlier John ten ten. It says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The second part of that verse is is the best part. It's Jesus talking. He says, "I came that they may have life and have it abundant." That's what I'm talking about. That's what this is. This abundant life following Him. You get that from Him, and that abundant life will flow out of you. So go for it. Go for it. Well, we're going to have some uh, ministry time. Um, Tate's going to come up here and 
um, and we're going to have some people up front pray for you. I'll be down here. If, if anything I said resonated, if, uh, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you want to start that relationship, you want to learn more about it, come talk to, call and talk to one of us. We'll be down here. We'd love to pray with you about that. If um, you feel like you don't hear God or you've, you've heard, vo- you know, you feel like there's something been spoken over you that I just can't hear God, I just can't do that, come let us pray for you because that's not the truth. Let's hold those circumstances that have been going on up to the truth. And the truth says that my sheep know my voice. And so let's hold on to the truth. Not, let's break through those, those things. Is, are you afraid of people more than you're afraid of God? Let, help us pray that, pray, let us pray through that with you. Um, God's given you a mission, and I, and I just want to see everybody on it. So come down, be, pray, be prayed for if, if you have something or if you want to. Um, and uh, I want to pray for us, and then we'll move, move on. Jesus, thank you for what you did, what you went through, um, what you're willing to go through for us. Um, thank you that you have given us the opportunity to enter into this joy with you, um, that this is about abundant life. This is not about earning life. This is not about any of that stuff. This is about an overflow, which happens in us as we focus our eyes on you. God, do what it takes to get to our hearts. Do what it takes, and I pray that we would all be willing to let you have your way in us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you ask? Yes, and uh, in that too, if you guys could pass the baskets for the offering, we would appreciate that too. If, if God's saying, fill it up, no, I'll see you Our Father, oh, our loving God, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, O Lord, and holy is your name, O Lord. Oh, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come, and you will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, oh, just like heaven. And give us this day, O oh Lord, provide our daily bread, oh, keep our souls fed. Forgive us, Lord, as we forgive. May we forgive as you forgave your only son you gave. And lead us, Father, not astray 
and keep us from my evil ways. Oh, and all your grace. For all the power and the glory is yours. And all the power and the glory is yours. Yes, all the power and the glory is yours. All the power and the glory is yours. Forever and ever, amen. Forever and ever, amen. Amen. Forever and ever, amen. Forever and ever, amen. Amen. All the power and the glory is yours. All the power and the glory is yours. It's all the power and the glory is yours. The glory is yours. All the power and the glory is yours. Our Father, oh, our loving God, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, O Lord, and holy is your name, O Lord. Oh, that kingdom come, that kingdom come, and you will be done on earth as it is in heaven, oh, just like heaven. Give us this day, O Lord, provide our daily bread. Oh, keep our souls fed. Forgive us, Lord, as we forgive. May we forgive as you forgave. Your only son you gave. And lead us, Father, not astray. And keep us from our evil ways. Lord, in all your grace. All the power and the glory is yours. All the power and the glory is yours. Yes, all the power and the glory is yours. The glory is yours. All the power and the glory is yours. Forever and ever, amen. Forever and ever, amen. Amen. Forever and ever, amen.